Chris and Jonna here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 67. All right, guys. On today's episode, we had the pleasure, the great pleasure, the great pleasure of interviewing our newest pastor at our church, Aaron and his wife, Joy Swinson. Yeah, and we interviewed them on the big scary topic of submission in marriage and what that looks like for them. They actually call it co-submission, which I think you'll find is much more friendly than the in the term submission, especially for us wives. Yes, yes. Um, The cool thing about them is they've been married for almost 17 years and they've got four kids. So they're literally the stage ahead of us in life, which is perfect because we need somebody else to mentor us. Right, exactly. And something else that I think is really cool is they met like a long time ago, right? They haven't only been uh, married for 17 years. They have been best friends since Aaron was 14. And Joy was 16, which is even more relevant for us because I'm about two years older than Chris. And yes. we met when we were around that age too, but we were not best friends. We weren't. Actually, let's well, talk about this. Well, what are we going to talk, talk about? about this. So, so, so Jonna actually had a thing no, for my no, brother no, 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 no. first. Jonna had a thing for my brother. In fact, Chris, no. at our wedding, hang on. Without further. At our wedding. Come on, dude. At our wedding. The best man speech, my brother stands up and goes, I just want everyone to know, first and foremost, she loved me first. <laughs> okay. Let me set the record straight. There was never love involved. We were young teenagers and we messaged each other on AOL. You just need help with math homework because you sucked at it. Messenger. I still suck at math. <laughs> right. We literally, yeah. Let me just set the record straight. Anyways, without further ado, please welcome Aaron and Joy Swenson. Joy and Aaron Swenson, welcome to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast, guys. Uh, Thank thanks you. for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Hi, guys. <laughs> Why okay. do you want to look at me like, what do you want to say? All right, go ahead. Dive oh, in. Well, well, so we have Joy and Aaron on today on the show because so we recently started going to their church, Sunrise Church here in Cincinnati, uh, and we are really enjoying it. And Aaron and I, I actually had an opportunity to go out to lunch, which I really appreciated. And we were just chatting about some really unique, interesting topics. And one of which that I wanted to really dive into today uh, was the concept of co-submission. Yeah. Don't turn it off if you hear the word submission. (laughs) I know that word is so scary, but I'm going to just let you guys go ahead and dive in. What the heck is co-submission for somebody who's listening like has never heard that before? Yeah, it definitely sounds like a four-letter word for sure, yeah, especially in our like current culture. Um, but uh, you want to take a stab at it? Or yeah, I don't know. I don't know where this came from or if we created this. I have no idea. We just started using this term years ago, and it was really just something that over the first few years of our marriage, we realized like we got to get this where we're on the same page. And we ultimately just support one another, no matter the situation or the circumstance. So you have a voice, you have thoughts, you have opinions, and so do I. So we need to be respectful of that. And out of that, we get the best dose of wisdom, regardless of who it came from. So co-submission is just all about um, humility Mm. and listening to each other, I think. Yeah, I I think that um, it really uh, just... The way that we, uh, Joy and I, um, as um, we both follow Jesus, and so uh, that's kind of our our baseline for the way we choose to make decisions. And so um, 
though we might have great experiences in our lives um, and some wisdom that we've got from, you know, our educational background or experience with work or our, you know, we'll be married 17 years next uh, in November, mm-hmm. um, November the 15th. Yeah. So we do have some experience there, but even with all that experience, that's still not the greatest teacher for us. Uh, the greatest teacher for us is the scriptures. And so that's kind of the baseline for our lives that we say, hey, that's going to inform our decision. That's going to give us, uh, if you could picture it like, especially in Cincinnati, for those of your listeners that aren't here, it's a very windy road uh, as far as our roads. Here. And so there are guardrails on those windy roads all the time to protect us from falling off of the edge because it's usually a hill. That's not, You don't want to go get stuck in a ravine there. And so uh, we view the scripture as that guardrails for our life that help us as we navigate uh, our relationship. And so where it all starts, truthfully, is the Apostle Paul. Uh, wrote a letter to a group of um, uh, yeah, a church in Ephesus, and uh, and and honestly, um, I get it. Like it's you know a long time ago, like thousands of years ago, and they have a completely different paradigm than 2020 uh, and Western Christianity and Western life. It, it's just different. Um, but um, the the principles with regard to co-submission are laid clearly in the life of Jesus and in Paul's writings. Uh, and so he says, I just want to read this. Are you guys cool with me reading this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in, in Ephesians five, um, you get the first like dun, 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 uh, with regard to submission right away. He says, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Um, and that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Does that sound like fun? Do not turn off this podcast. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I know. You know, I know. Like off. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's there, but here he kind of qualifies that. Um, and uh, because here's what we know, and we've seen this in ministry with leading churches across multiple different states before, is uh, I've sat across the desk or in a living room or across a restaurant table from um, a couple who uh, she's like, are you kidding me? There's no way. Like, cause he's a jerk and, um, and he's a manipulator and he's a narcissist and blah, 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 all those things. And we can talk about that in just a second, but, uh, and, and let me just say this, uh, especially for the skeptic that's out there right now to Christianity, um, the Bible doesn't teach um, two, two things. The Bible doesn't teach chauvinism. Um, and the Bible doesn't teach feminism either. Uh, it teaches the way of Jesus. And so it's not like there are polarizing views on chauvinism. There's a super hard cliff on that. And there's a super hard cliff on feminism. And so what we want to say is the way of Jesus actually is about people, all people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he then qualifies it and says, for, hu- for the husband is the head of the wife. And this is where everybody gets frustrated, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body. And he himself is its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also the wives submit in everything to their husbands. Joy, how does that make you feel? I just want more interpretation of it. I want more interpretation. I, just give me more. Well, yeah, the first no, that, time I oops, sorry. The first time I heard that passage, I was fairly new in my walk with Christ. And Chris went to a, a Christian college, and I just for some reason went and sat in your family. Was it family? studies or something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. And they were talking about that. And I felt my face getting red. And I was just like, I was like, I'm not, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, what if he doesn't know what to do? What do you mean submit? Do I have to do everything he says? So, so yeah, can we, can you, can you give me some more on, give the listeners some more on what that actually looks like? So uh, this is where co-submission comes from. 
right here. And it's it, so that's the first part of like Paul. It feels like he's just lamb blasting the wives of this particular church, you know, um, but it's not quite there. Uh, verse 25, he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Um, and again, you can go read through the rest of Ephesians five and it, and it kind of unpacks that a little more, but ultimately that's where you have the concept of co-submission. And basically what it is, is it's the picture of Jesus as yeah, the leader, if you will, the head of the church. And the, the scripture tells us that the church is the bride of Christ. So you kind of see that male and kind of female conversation there. Um, and, uh, but what he's saying is, is that, um, well, let me just ask you guys this. What did Christ do? Um, for the church with like his mission. What was his mission? To love them. <laughs> right. How, what, what was them. the pinnacle of that? We celebrated in April. What was the pinnacle of that? Resurrection. I yeah. feel I feel nervous to have a pastor quizzing me this, on this right now. I, I just quizzed you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bible drill. Go. Yeah. yeah. No, the pinnacle was the cross, like the pinnacle was the cross. Right, yeah. where he, he laid down his life uh, routinely throughout the three years leading up to the cross. Uh, and especially the week before Jesus was praying in the garden, full of emotion. And he was like, God, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. But if this is your will, I'll do it. And I'll lay down my life for her, the bride, the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the picture of co-submission that uh, what he is, Paul is explaining is, is that, hey, gentlemen, the way you actually love your wives is by dying to yourself, mm. to your flesh, to what you want. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and, now, and I, I actually have a question. I'm not telling him to die. Don't stop. I mean, you well, can, you should. You should. Well, we, yeah, yeah. Let me just say this really quick. So I think what's, what's so powerful about that statement is, is that that is what grew our marriage. Yeah. Because if anybody has listened to our, our show, and looked back through the other episodes. It's like I was the guy who was away from the house, making the money, um, and didn't have living a strong relationship. You know, kind of living my own fitness business dreams, all that different stuff. And then what it came down to was it was me dying to my own selfish desires. You know, and in even past addictions and things I'd been through it was me dying to my selfish desires of what I needed and what I wanted. And that helped us center ourselves in Christ as a couple. Yeah. For sure. And so, yes, I would agree with that. It's funny because earlier we were talking just about our our relationship with God and how we how long we've been Christians and stuff. And it's funny because Chris said, even though he's been a Christian his whole life, you just said earlier, you feel like you've only been like a real one for four years. And yeah, the last easily. four years have been the best years of our easily. marriage. Easily. And I say and I say it all the time. And what's so interesting about what you guys are saying of dying to yourself. And I just got off the phone with my friend today. I was saying, dude, I've got way less money than I ever had. I have way, way less you know, status than I ever had. Uh, but I have a stronger relationship with my family, uh, with my wife, with my kids, and with my creator than I ever have in my whole entire life. And you're right. It yeah. did come down to dying to that. And, and, and that again is what has grown us in our marriage. And so, from a from a co submission perspective, that's powerful. It is. Now, wait, I don't want to forget my question. What? So, it's still it it goes with that. So, I know somebody's listening right now and like, okay, cool. But what if my husband has not done that, or what if my wife is not willing to do that? It's like 
I know somebody's like, they have to go hand in hand. So do I still have to submit if my husband is the narcissist, the, the jerk who frankly doesn't deserve, I'm putting air quotes because you'll, I mean, they'll understand, but <laughs> right. uh, who doesn't deserve me, my submission, you know, like how, what do you yeah. say to that person? I, I think, yeah, well, I mean, I think that you have to stop, maybe pull back from the perspective long enough to think about, is this marriage bigger than today? Like, mm-hmm. am I in this marriage for a greater calling than to just be able to point out his flaws or the things that where we don't click or the things that he's not doing well? Is there a mm-hmm. reason greater for why I'm in this marriage? And if so, she may be the greatest picture of Jesus that he ever sees. And there's no mm-hmm. way to get him closer, his heart closer to the Lord than to submit to him in a sense of respecting him regardless. That doesn't mean you can't have an opinion. You can't speak up. Yeah, you're not a doormat. Certainly not. Um, it doesn't mean that you don't have your own thoughts and ideas and that God hasn't given you IQ that you can use as well. But at the same time, it's the laying down of your life and loving him regardless that's going to be the greatest picture of Jesus to him. And hopefully we'll begin to soften his heart to the things of the Lord and draw him closer. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, to be honest with you all, is that like even, um, so if, if somebody's married to a narcissist or a manipulator, uh, the reality is, is that our behavior, no matter what it is, isn't going to change them. Um, and it, it, it's just not. And even the awareness that you might say, hey, bro, like you're a jerk and you're constantly, constantly manipulating me and our children or whatever that might be, um, that those facts, getting that on the table, so to speak, is obviously super right and super healthy. And, uh, and yes, the awareness is there, but ultimately, um, that man or that woman who struggles with that right there, uh, they need a revolution and a, and a renovation of the heart. And it's really only by the power of the Holy spirit that somebody can actually change, uh, because, uh, they've got, I was just, I, uh, we've been talking about these neuro pathways. Joy sent me a talk years, uh, about a year ago, I guess, from uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. And then I was in a leadership coaching thing this week about how uh, when you begin to live your life in a certain way, uh, in every facet, you create these neurological pathways. And if you've been making that same decision for 20 years, uh, you've got an ingrained neurological pathway that is there. Uh, so for us to just, you know, go, Hey, you're a jerk. Well, they're like, yeah, that's the neurological pathway that I've created for 20 years been that way. And so even saying, Hey, you're a jerk or Hey, you're super rude. Um, and obviously I'm very much boiling that down to a super elementary concept, but Romans 12 tells us that we can transform our mind and renew our mind by the power of the Holy spirit. And so what that does is she even proves, and she's a Christian neuroscientist, that after 63 days of, of transforming your mind and thinking in a new neurological pathway, that that no longer exists anymore. Your brain thinks differently now. Um, and so I think with that specific thing, what I, like my thought was, is if we can get folks in, our, in this conversation today to say, hey, maybe there's a pathway that I, maybe I could take a slight right here uh, for the next 63 days and create a new pathway of maybe Maybe, maybe I'm thinking about marriage wrong, or maybe I'm thinking about my life wrong. And maybe I'm looking through um, a, uh, maybe I'm looking uh, through the the doorway first before I look in the mirror and let me self-reflect. Mm. And again, I don't want to talk about the wife or the husband who, you know, is in, a, can, can we, can we safely throw out the 
abusive conversation. Like if they're in an abusive sure, relationship, sure, sure, yeah. sure. That, no, that's that, different. It's, right. I'm not an expert at that, by yeah. the way. And I, I would, you know, so I wouldn't even talk about that, but I feel like God's ordained this conversation to talk about the matters of the heart and those that are willing to have some of that conversation a little bit. So yes, uh, man. So good. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Well, so again, it kind of goes back to some of the things, even in some of our past episodes, what we talked about from, from a growth perspective in relationships it comes down to self-awareness and realizing where we're at. And then what you said about, about, uh, about, kind of kind of those 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 neural pathways because we've all been conditioned a specific yeah. way you're absolutely right about that well what? yeah you're sorry going. i just i think that today's society in general so many people get into relationships with the thought that they can change the other person and what yeah. you were saying is just so good that that we need that reminder that you can't change anybody but yourself and that and is- all we can control is our reactions right, right? yeah so that's yeah. Just something we've we've learned from from any perspective, biblical, worldly, whatever. It's I can't right. control what she does. All I can control is how I react to it. And enjoy when you were talking about um, when you were talking about that. I you made me think of kind of like the 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 Lee Strobel story, right? Where Lee Strobel is a guy who was who was who was a hardcore atheist, and his mm-hmm. wife became a Christian, mm-hmm. right? And then he he was upset. He was frustrated, right? And then. And then he he went out to try to disprove God, but along the way his life his wife was loving him, and he was a yeah. he was a drunk, he was he was abusive, he was all these things, right? But his wife was loving him, and like you said, I feel like that's just a, a perfect reminder for us to realize, like yes, as long as we are we are <laughs> acting in in biblical principles, and we are and we are staying close to Christ, uh, that that's how we're going to impact our our spouse. And their behavior. That's money. Yep. Amen. So, so what are some examples? Um, what are some examples of of coast admission in your life? And I want to ask that question with with kind of like a kind of like an additional question to that. It's me and you were talking, Aaron, and you mentioned like Joy is like a very no nonsense, like strong woman, right? Um, so. Yeah. Is there an element of of letting her really letting her kind of bathe in her strengths as a no nonsense strong woman um, in the submissive side of your marriage, uh, and then you you and your strengths? You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's kind of hard for me to. No, I think I know where you're going with that. Um, and I'll I'll say one thing and then defer to the stronger uh, one here. <laughs> and uh, um, nice, man. I gotta yeah. I gotta get some of that lingo down, man. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I, I think that. Um, um, so in in the context of relationship, God has obviously ordained. Uh, we feel I don't believe in the one theory. You know, like that. There's that one out there, like. Uh, we are called to become the one uh, before we get the one, um, and then uh, then that happens. And that's not original to me. Shout out to Craig Rochelle for that. Um, uh, but uh, he talks a lot about that. And but what I would say is that uh, we in co-submission really value the idea of leveraging each other's skills uh, and then leveraging the specific needs of the day. Um, and so, in a, in a super practical sense. 
Um, that's how that works. Uh, we are each hardwired with different unique skills. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, and people know this intuitively in their marriages, you usually have, and it's a joke, but somebody's the spender and the saver. Uh, but that's a small little example, but somebody's usually generally the bet, like the stronger communicator and the better listener. And those are just bare, like bottom of the bucket, like just easy things, but that actually fleshes itself out. Um, as the bucket level begins to rise in life and, and responsibilities rise and ch- number of children rise or you get promotions at work or you start to move a lot or whatever that might be, uh, that doesn't actually change that God has hardwired and uniquely called you uh, and fashioned you together uh, for uh, a unique time. So the a- idea is, is that there's a purpose uh, for your listeners. I get, like if you looked at, uh, again, let's just use the bucket as an example. If God viewed a purpose to accomplish in the world as a bucket. Um, he created that purpose before he created me or he, be, before he created joy or before he created Chris or before he created Jonna. And then what he said was, Oh, I need to create Chris and Jonna together. And they, them to marry to accomplish that purpose. They're going to be able to do that. So that purpose already existed. And so then he created Chris with specific skills John with specific skills, and then those two things together, when you co-submit one to another, then those actual purposes that God has in that bucket actually get accomplished. Um, And so, yep, okay. So basically in that bucket of purpose that God's created, um, we each have unique skills to bring to the table. And how dare us uh, like uh, uh, roll, um, uh, what do I want to say? like you get all stingy with roll rob. Ro- rob. Yeah. You're like, Oh, so you have to stay at home and you have to make my kids chocolate chip cookies at three o'clock and my laundry needs Ooh, to be yeah. my underwear has to be folded a specific way. I like my white t-shirts on, uh, you know, ironed and we can only use Tide or God forbid <laughs> on the other side of that, it's, you know, you have to um, make X amount of dollars for our family to be successful. Um, I have to have this car, these clothes, this purse, this house, this neighborhood. And you're the one that has to provide that for me while I do X. Like that's not how that works. Um, and so the way we've lived in our marriage is the concept of, Hey, God's uniquely given us different skills and different abilities. Let's leverage those. I think we got a couple of practical examples of that and I'll toss to uh, the uh, the smartest person in the room right now uh, to join <laughs> and let her uh, let her do uh, kind of speak to that. Um, I think that one of the things is I when we were kind of talking through this over the years when it we think about co submission and honoring each other and respecting each other. I think that one of those things is doing that in front of other people, and so co submission lives itself out. I think oftentimes in public, and so if mm. Eric talking or saying something, I can easily affirm him in front of people and say, that is such a good point. I never even thought about that. I'm right? glad you said it like that. Cause it's not like uh gloat or not gloating. What would you say? Like it's bragging. Like, or- no, it's not like, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing, babe. Like, <laughs> right. Not- like yeah. grabbing their arm and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, you're just yeah. so perfect. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I don't mean like in a fake way. I just no, mean like yeah, the way to be conscientious of that. So that it's like, hey, when we're in front of other people, let them see us as a team. Let us let them see mm-hmm. that we value each other's thoughts and that we're in it together. And we'll often, you know, kind of throw to each other even and be like, I don't know, but Joy actually has experience with that. Or, hey, you know what, Aaron, he could speak to that, you know. And so we're just yeah. affirming each other's contribution to the conversation. And I think that's a part of living out co-submission in front of others. Yeah, it's like well. it's it's throwing to them um, 
when you know they have value to add. Yeah. Um, I think it starts with a presupposition. Let me back up a little bit. I think it starts with a presupposition coming into our marriage relationship and into relationships that I'm I'm not the only one with opinions and thoughts, and saying. I'm not the only one that value added. I come with a presupposition that she's the bomb, like she's got it, and uh, not that she's perfect, but that she's wise and she's loving and she's kind, and so and uh, and she's got people's best interests at heart. And I come with the context of grace. And so I have a presupposition. She always has value added. I don't care what it's about. Um, and I think that that might be a, an internal cultural flip. Maybe that whole neuron shift thing that some folks might have to make is to say, oh, hey, wait, my husband actually might have some thoughts about X, yeah. whatever X might be, and my, or vice versa. Yeah. And my goal in that is to not emasculate him in there front of go. other people because I don't want to talk down to him or demean him in any way or talk over him and just be this boisterous, loud person. Loud and boisterous doesn't mean that you're you have something valuable to say. Um, oh, emasculating him doesn't yeah. put the spotlight on me in any way. Where it just people, means you're where people are like, "Wow, she's <laughs> an incredible person!" Right? It just yeah. draws negative attention to you and to you as a couple because whether you like it or not, you're in it together. So. That's right. Uh, that's yes, a big. I love that. Oh my gosh, guys, that's wait, wait. He just what? said all those good things about his wife. So what? Go. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, we lost internet. Oh no, no. I'm I'm kidding. All right. So so here's what's super. When you guys said that, it made me think back to to us early on in marriage. So I'll put myself on blast for a hot second. Okay. I say this all the time, but I was when I'm younger. Like I'm I'm 30. She's 32. But literally, I would treat her like I was older and I had something to teach her. Right. Oh. Um, so like about finances or all these different things like, oh, you don't know. You don't know this. You don't know that. Right. Yeah. Also, um, something that. Oh, shoot. I feel like, why am I losing my train of thought? This, uh, keep going. This, keep talking about how rough. I was. Yeah, go. What? No. What were you saying? Nothing. Go. Oh, well, so so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to catch it for some reason. I can't catch it at the moment anyway. But so well, I would always tell you to oh, stop trying to be my dad. You're not my dad. Yes, that that. OK. And then also just <laughs> growing up. I was I was conditioned to, uh, it's unfortunate to say, but it's almost like I never saw like this incredible strength in women, and that's a super bad thing to say, but it's true, right? True so enough. so it's it's something that was um that was unbeknownst to me, kind of like I was conditioned to it. Okay, yeah. so so we get into marriage, and I remember I'm listening to Dave Ramsey for all these all this financial advice and all this different stuff, and he said something really powerful. He said men understand that your wives have a gift, right? Like a very, very powerful gift where if we come to them for big decisions, right? He said he'd never gone wrong, you know, whether something made sense or whatever, he would ask his wife, hey, should we buy this building? We have plenty of money for it. And she said, no, it doesn't feel right. And he would go with it. And I was like, okay, Dave, what do you got? And I started I started taking really big decisions in our lives that I would make by myself, which was bad. And I would, and I would not ask Jonna about them. I would say, I want you to make this decision. And literally to, to, to explain the growth that happened in our marriage from me just dying myself within that and realizing that I really do believe that she has a gift to not only be able to understand the judge of character in people and me trust that, but the business decisions we make, the life decisions, all that stuff. Uh, because yeah, it's all, it, it feels biblical almost. Well, I, I, I want to add to that, that yeah. in the beginning, I just submitted to that because I was very, 
I, Chris is the one who reintroduced me to God in a way of like a relationship. I had gone to church on Sundays when as a kid and that was kind of it. So I always say that like God used him to, to get through to me. So I was so new in my walk that all I knew was I was supposed to submit. And so even though I would be frustrated because I come from a house where like my mom wore the pants and like I the women in my family are very strong. And, and so my dad was super dominant and your dad was super dominant. And so it was, it's, we come from very different families, but I just being so new in my walk, I just thought, okay, well, this is just what I'm supposed to do. He's the leader. I, it would make me mad. Like I would tell him, I'm like, you're not my dad. You don't have to like school me. Let's, let's talk as a team. Cause it felt disrespectful. So sure. yeah, I think that's a, that's a really, yeah, and now, and now we're a make. team and the fruits of that have just been, incredible like just incredible because it's like i would almost encourage somebody who's who's maybe in the the position i was in who's like yeah whatever i'll talk to my wife but i'm gonna make the decision at the end of the day to to literally go to 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 go to your spouse and give them a large decision and watch just just watch what happens well and to your point i think that it's specifically different when you're talking about couples who are believers. Yes. Because then you're not yeah. just basing it on your own wisdom or your own like conscience or whatever. You have the Holy Spirit in each of you that is helping to drive that decision and make that decision. And one thing Aaron and I, if you're talking about the co-submission examples, one thing we've always talked about is that the Holy Spirit in me has to align with the Holy Spirit in him. And yeah. so you come together on a decision where you're both at peace. And so that's what you guys I think are talking about is yeah. yeah and saying, okay, the Holy Spirit in you is now talking to the Holy Spirit in me. And we are coming together as a team for this decision. Mm -hmm. And it's not because Chris thinks it's best or Jonathan thinks it's best or Aaron or Joy thinks yeah. it's best. It's because yeah. align in that. Yes. yes. Amen. So that's happened to us many times, but one quick cool story that some of our listeners know, I don't know if you guys know though, is back before when Chris was running a fitness studio, um, I was staying home and randomly I got this like tugging at my heart that Chris needed to shut the business down out of nowhere. We were making good money. Just this random, like one of those things that you hear and you're like, God, that's ridiculous. God, that wasn't you, right? That's weird. Why would that even pop in my mind? Yeah. He called me that day. And didn't you call me and say like some, I, I think no, I told no, no, you, no. how was it? We were on the so phone. We're on the phone. I'm like staring out my, my gym window. Just like, why, why do I feel this way? This is ridiculous. And she's like, you're going to kill me. I was like, what? She's like, you literally going to think I'm nuts. I'm like, what? And she's like, I feel like God's telling us to shut the business down. And I, flipped out. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Just this morning at the coffee shop, I literally wrote that in my journal. I had no idea why. We money money is good. That. We're helping people. It's going well. It doesn't make any sense. Why would we do this? Um, mm -hmm. And and yeah, I think I think what that came from kind of on on your point, Joy, was was that we we had been we had been getting stronger together as a couple spiritually and trusting one another and and leaning on one another. Just kind of praying so, about life. And yeah, I feel like that was a perfect was example of incredible. the Holy Spirit moving yeah. the, in the same way in both of us. Because that's happened a Literally few times undeniable. now where we're like, we have the same, the same nudge, the same urge, the same idea yeah. at the same time. And we come to each other like, whoa, that, I mean, it ha like just with this podcast, it sounds weird to say God told us to start a podcast. Yeah, we didn't hear an audible voice. Right. But yeah. like the, the the nudges and the signs and the prayers and everything were so undeniable that we both heard it separately that, like I said, I mean, it's yeah. undeniable. So that was just a quick aside. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, you guys feel like sometimes, don't you guys feel like sometimes God has to speak to you separately so that when you come together, you know yeah. it was from him? There you go. 
And also, yes. since you don't kill each other. You don't get in a huge <laughs> fight over it because you're like, yeah. what? You're crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. she would have come to me and said, shut the business down, and I wouldn't have journaled that that morning, I'd have been like, okay, lady, you're nuts. Clearly, you yeah. just need help with the kids. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because that happened on that exact day, like that's yeah. those things are just so undeniable sometimes. I'm just yeah. like, wow. You, you can't deny it. Well, I'll tell you on an interesting level, like that's kind of a little bit of your, your story. We, we have like, obviously we're talking about, but there's a, I don't want to use this idea. I hate to use the word dark, but I think there's a dark side to co-submission. And what I mean by that is a hard side. Uh, Because what I feel like, like coming together and saying like, Hey, you before me, man, I want to serve you. I want, I want to help. I want you to have a voice. I want you to have an opinion. I want you to have a thought. Uh, but there, when, when, when you say I'm going to love joy as Christ loved the church, which he means he died for the church. And then that then for her is reciprocated to say, well, I'm going to love you and I'm going to respect you. And I'm going to serve you that way too. Like I'm going to do that. And it's just kind of this really great cycle. It causes you to do things you would normally never, ever do. And we had a similar situation like that where we went uh, and uh, it was really more of the story of kind of how we got to Ohio um, and how God kind of did that. That is a, a story of God's uh, is that sometimes the Coast Mission piece, like in your sense, was maybe a matter of hours or a day. Um, I'm, we're, we're talking 365 of those strung together of what that might look like. And I'm going to be honest with you throughout this, I'll let Joy tell the story. Um, God was nudging my heart way before God was nudging her heart. Um, And it took me saying, I will not force her. Mm -hmm. I will not make this decision because in 1950, if I was alive, I would have made the decision and we just would, and Joy just would have said, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And blah, 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 blah. Like, because that was what the culture was like. While but, ironing your pants. My underwear. Your while pants. ironing my underwear. Yeah. <laughs> but right. um, that's just not, um, that to me is, uh, is, uh, is, um, that was an abuse anyway, like in and of itself. And I, we could talk about that another time. That'd be fun to unpack some of that stuff. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but tell them kind of how we got to even where we're at today. And uh, we don't have to give them like the. Yeah, no, I will give you the concise, of yeah, the concise version. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think Aaron just early on, um, like he told you about a year before I was there, started feeling a nudge from the Lord, just that he could possibly be moving us on. He had really felt like being a senior pastor again was really where God had called him with um, being able to preach and lead and equip and all of those things. And so um, I loved that. I loved, and I affirmed that calling in him and I was all about it. And I was like, you definitely should do that as long as it doesn't move us. Right. Like, so I was like, that, <laughs> of course, yeah, we like Arizona. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, le- I like well. Arizona. Also, it felt like God had been showing me and affirming to me my own path there, which aligned with his, but at the same time, I mean, that was where I started and finished my master's degree in a year and a half. I mean, just tunnel vision, just locked it down because I knew also a story of submitting one to another. Yeah. That's another, another story because when I was doing that, he was all things mom and dad um, and supported that wholeheartedly because I was teaching full time. We had four kids and I was working on my master's degree. And so, yeah, so I would be at Starbucks typing papers for like eight hours writing and, you know, he'd be doing all the, all the stuff. 
Um, and so, but, you know, I'd worked so hard for that. And then I was really positioned nicely within my school to be the next assistant principal. And then from there, you know, just the career ladder for me didn't really have a ceiling. And so I was like, this is great. This is the Lord affirming this for me because I am a career mom. And that is something that I was, you know, an aspiration for me and an ambition. And so I was just like laser focused on that and not much was going to deviate me from that path. Um, but Aaron, you know, kindly and softly was chirping in my ear. Like, I think, you know, God, make no mistake this. about it. It was yeah. hard. Yeah. Like it was hard. Cause I knew how, again, she's a very driven person and she was going out and, you know, making, you know, some waves in her own leadership and doing a good job. And so it was hard because I saw how fulfilled she was in that. But I also knew that there was like a vacancy in my soul too. And I thought, surely we could do this together. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm telling you, I was very, very nervous because I didn't want to kick back on what God was doing with her. And so that honestly, for gentlemen that are in there that are married to a woman like that, or maybe there's a woman who feels like that, that has, a, you know, uh, towards her husband, like you have to um, you have to be careful that what you're bringing up is not a selfish desire and it's actually a God thing. Like God is ordaining this in you. Um, and only, you know, that like your mom's not going to know that if you call her, your dad's not going to know that either. You know, you've got a really awesome grandma or grandpa, like they're not going to, they might help you discern some of that, but ultimately that's between you and the Lord that you have to feel compelled enough to be on the same page to say, Hey, I know this is going to feel like a curveball, but here it is. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah. And we've often yeah. said we are the only two who know what the two of us are going through. So yeah. with all oh, of the, I love that. With yeah. all of those outside voices and all of those things, it can kind of skew your perspective sometimes yeah. and really staying laser focused on what the Lord is telling you to do and God calling you as a specific couple to do. It may only make sense to you. And this is one of those scenarios. But um, and so, yes, fast forward. And he, you know, we had gotten to the point where I was open to after he had had phone interviews and things like that, I was open to the idea of dragging my heels onto an airplane and coming out for an interview. Like, honestly, to so Ohio out of all places. I, right? I want to go to Arizona. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, I knew it was a swing state in the election. That was about it. I yeah. didn't, I didn't know exactly what it was on the map, but I knew, you know, and then you're thinking moving four kids across the country and all this stuff. So we're all about adventure, but at the same time, like, common sense. So yeah, <laughs> right. so I was like, um, we'll get on the airplane, we'll go, we'll try this out, but I'm going to look for every single red flag possible. So just know I'm going in with a scrutinizing eye. And he was like, that sounds perfect. So I'll do it too. <laughs> so, I submitted to her. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, as God does, we came and actually the interview weekend was fantastic. And um, I didn't have any red flags. And if anything, God just greatly affirmed from the minute we walked through those two doors we were like, well, this is home. Like, this is it. This is where he's wow. calling. What my heart had been so resistant to, he had already prepared for me to have a release and to be able to let go of my own ambitions and my own desires to wow. position us and set us up for something even greater that I couldn't see, but he sees the full picture, right? So Aaron, through his um, patience and his understanding, he was able to just kind of pace that out in, in the way that um, I would be receptive of that. And so, yeah. That's Which is a sidebar to, uh, you got to know your spouse. Mm -hmm. Like that's a whole nother podcast. Yes. You gotta, yeah. You gotta, yes, man. You got you to have some emotional intelligence. You, yeah. you, you, you have to talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. Right. All 
Yeah, like, communicate. I was gonna I was gonna ask that because what you guys just said is like the Super Bowl of co-submission. All right. It yeah. is it is he, here's my driven wife. Like, you know what, I'm gonna put everything in into what I need to do for her to help her move what she needs to move forward uh, in her purpose. And I'm gonna be home with the kids, which dude, I don't know how you did that. Okay. Like I I I just don't function that way. It's very, very hard for me. Right. And then yeah, she turns around after all the work she did and then submits to what you need right after that. Like that is like like that is the NFL Super Bowl. That is not like little league. So so how how do does a couple who's listening to this say like that sounds amazing, right? Yeah, we yep. like where what's the progression? Where where does sure. that start? Like, geez. <laughs> so uh, I'll give this is this is uh you talk about Super Bowl, this is Little League. Okay, let me give some little league stuff and just break it down and get you into the Swenson household. Um, we have a 13-year-old, an 11-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 5-year-old. Great job. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And so we have uh, uh, the girls are the oldest, the boys are the youngest. And uh, we have gone into this um, technological era kicking and screaming. Now, not me and Joy personally, but for these kids, like it's, it's, a, it's a battle. Um, and, um, and so I guess it was two years, Is not yet. She was, she was 12. She was 12. So I guess, yeah, when she turned 12, when Sydney turned 12, um, she was very much into, uh, um, uh, what do they call that? Fine arts, um, drama, not like teenage theater. drama, but like theater. <laughs> there you go. Theater. Yeah. Every kid in the drama, but, uh, yeah. Right. Um, so, but, and so it was yeah, just no. getting late um, and we, and the school is big. And so, you know, when Joy needed to leave, she's literally walking around the entire school looking for all the Swenson kids. Now, the reality is you can hear them most of, hear them most of the time, uh, but Sydney's probably a little quieter than all of them. And, uh, and so we started kind of wrestling with the idea of a cell phone. And um, now, mind you, some parents are just like, hey, here's your phone and I just need to be able to get a hold of you. Uh, that's not the approach that we decided to take. It's probably a little bit more of a high control model. If I'm just being honest with you, like we just want to be like, we know that there's like the phone itself is not bad. The internet itself is not bad, but everything that God allows to be created, or let me say it like this, everything God creates Satan counterfeits. Uh, and so you can find a lot of that in, uh, the internet and you can find a lot of that in, uh, the, just, the uh, the, the, the negativity of social media and, uh, all that. So there's always a light side of that and a dark side of that. And we were aware of that and cognizant of that. And I love my, my kid a lot. Um, and yeah. I want to at some level protect their innocence, uh, as much as I can. And I don't want them to be robbed of that. Um, because we all know people who have had innocence robbed from them at a young age. And it just, it's, it's a hard hill to climb up after that. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, uh, we just wanted to protect them as long as possible. So we fought tooth and not fought, fought. We didn't fight. We, we don't fight. We argue, but we don't fight. Uh, and, uh, we didn't even argue about this. We were just back because we were in the sense of, I don't know, but there's a practical level that is needed. So I was like, maybe I'll buy that girl a little flip phone and, uh, she can get a little Nextel, bloop, 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 you know, a little, <laughs> maybe we can get her a Nokia. Walkie-talk. Yeah. Nokia. Or she was like, no dad, not no. a flip phone. So, uh, we just, we used to love those. Come on. What the heck? I know. I know. But how long did we have the conversation? And I would say it was a wrestling of, 
we need to get this out of practicality, but we also don't want to do it. In six months. Probably. Probably, yeah, probably six months. So mind you, the COSA mission piece and working together is never fast. It usually mm-hmm. takes time. Uh, because you really want the other person to be heard. You really want that other person to be validated. And then, because for me, I'm a bonehead. And so a lot of times it takes Joy saying something three or four or five times for me to go, you know what, I think we should. And she's like, are you kidding me? I've been saying that forever. Uh, and it uh, must be a man thing, not a Yeah, not a it, it's, a, it's totally yeah, a man, man thing. Somebody else will say it and he'll be like, hey, babe. I'm like, I've literally have said that for so long. Literally, life-changing yeah, yeah, decisions. I, I told her about Dr. Caroline Leaf yesterday. And she was like, Pretty sure I sent you that video like a year ago. And I was like, <laughs> dude, sounds accurate. That, that is oh, totally our lives. Well, so would you say, would you like, okay, let me, let me ask you this. I'm not going to make a statement. So when I, when I first got married, it's like the first couple of years, I remember taking a walk with, with my dad and the advice he gave me, I really liked at the time. And now I'm going to ask and see what we all think of it. So he was telling me like, you can't control your wife with every decision what you need to do is you need to make sure that you hear her in the small things. So when the big things come, you've built up that trust with her. And I was like, that seems really practical and really good. And I just feel like because like, let's say 70% of the world is probably like, oh yeah, like I guess the guy would make the decision. It, it's definitely changing now, but sure. 70% of the world would probably say that, especially in other countries, right? So, yeah. so what do you think about that advice when it comes to... Uh, building trust from a co-submission perspective. Yeah, I think that definitely listening listening to her and the little things along the way will certainly build trust, just like her listening to you yeah. um, builds trust. But I think that if you're listening to her and the little things so that you can ultimately control the outcome of a large decision, cash in, then that's yeah. manipulative. Yeah. Now, if that's yeah. not, okay. yeah. if Fair. your motive, if that's not your heart, then that's awesome. But really, yeah. I think even along the way, all of that listening along the way and those little things, that's just a part of building a healthy marriage. When it comes to still making a large decision, you still have to be on team, team, what, Swenson Swenson or or team what, yeah. yeah, whatever. At, yeah. At the same time. Um, and I don't know that necessarily the two go hand in hand other than yeah. building a healthy marriage. And then as long as you still come together and make, make that decision together. Yeah. I, yes, I think that as human beings, we are constantly going to kick back on our own personal autonomy. Like, so we're always going to want to be like, what's in it for us. Like, we're always going to have that. Like, that's like life. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I get the tendency to, if I listen to you, it's like conversation, right? Like we do this all the time. If I listen to you for an amount of time, then you're, you're going to have to listen to me. So I'm just going to listen until you can listen to me, uh, which obviously isn't conversation at all. That's manipulation. And to be honest, we're probably all really good at that. Like if we're, if we're really real, like really, really real, like three o'clock in the morning, everybody's asleep. You're the only one awake where we we would admit that to ourselves at that moment, you know, because nobody else is around. Um, so I think you got to be really careful with, you know, listening to cash in. Um, obviously, the whole theory of the love tank is there. You know, obviously, like if you just don't listen to your spouse at all, and then you're like, "Well, we're we're moving to Ohio," uh, you know, Joy might just do it, but that doesn't mean that that's going to be legit. Like, <laughs> you know, that doesn't mean yeah. that's going to be what God wanted. So, I think you just got to be really, really careful with, um, you know. Uh, your the motive. What's the motivation in going to them in the small stuff? I actually here's an example. We when we were very first married. Like I told you, we've been married. We've been married 17 years this year. We uh, 
the, the concept of everything is a big deal uh, was kind of our world. Uh, so we didn't really spend money away from each other that was more than $20. Um, like we we're just like, yeah, we're just not going to do it. And it's because we were po. I mean, we were so po we couldn't afford the OR. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> we were young and in college. We got married. In college. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, we were we were living off of student loans. Um, and her loans, not just mine. Being real, just being real. Yeah. And sure. so, um, and and so with that, you know, everything was a big purchase for us. Uh, and so it was a big deal for us to say, hey, we're going to go get some soft serve ice cream. So we we built that internal culture of, hey, let's let's talk about those things. Um, and then what that did is just open up the pathway of communication to where it was then like a no brainer when we sat down and had a conversation about purchasing a car or buying our first home or, hey, I, think it's, I don't I don't I don't know if we actually ever had to like sit down. Hey, well, let's start having kids. Uh, did we have that conversation? Like. I don't I think, think we so. were like, Hey, I think we're ready. I think I we're ready. Yeah. It was, it was never, but so, but it came down to those conversations of we'd had enough. Um, okay. Let me say it like this. We'd had enough prerequisites to then head into the advanced uh, uh, classes <laughs> of making the decisions because we'd had enough of those stacked up that uh, it was worth it. Like it was easy. It was a no, we talked about it all the time. So I love that. My my question to you would be this: For someone listening who's like, "Wow, okay, so you guys, you guys started in a place where you built this trust, and then you like built this, you built the structure together, right?" Joy yeah. on this side, Aaron, Aaron on this side. What about someone who's listening who's like, "Okay, how, how like we didn't do that, right?" So yeah. so how do we go backwards and start to build those things now? I think that it starts out with both of them having to be at a place where they desire that. Um, I mean, we talked about a little bit, what if the husband's not there and the wife is or vice versa? How do you do it? Yes. You love them through it. You be Jesus to them through it. Living it out practically sometimes is really difficult though. Yeah. So I think that again, it boils down to having a conversation where it's like, I think we can be better in this area. Like, what do you think? I value what we you deserve think. better. Yeah. yeah. We, I don't want to be at this place where we currently are 10 years from now. So can we drill down on what it's going to take to get it a better place? place. Like, and can we do that together? Because I value what you think. And I don't think that I have all the ideas. I think that together we have the best idea. Mm. So I think that it starts with a, a real authentic, organic conversation with being able to say, we're not where we want to be. How do we get there? So um, yeah, that's I think hard. It is very hard. hard. It is. And, and again, let me, let me say it like this. Marriage is not easy, you know, no. and, and, and good marriages just don't show up on the front doorstep, like an Amazon prime package. You know, no, sir. like that. So it work. And we don't have these conversations holding hands and praying together and singing worship songs. Like a lot of times we are heated, the voices are loud, and we're like, I don't we're, think we're that. Passionate well, people. I don't yeah. think that. Yeah. Well, I don't think that, you know. But what yeah. God is doing us is like you have to submit even to give up yourself, your loud, opinionated self enough to be able to say, I value you enough to be quiet right now. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that Jeez. there's another yeah. element to that you can't, it is unrealistic to think that like, here it is. You guys know this. We live in a culture where we judge our lives based off of the highlight reel of everybody else. You know? Um, so we see what they put yes. on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it might be. Um, and so we see that perfectly. You're like, Oh, I want that. I want that. Yeah. I want it. No, uh-huh. let me say it like this too. You might not be willing to pay the price that they paid to get that though. Ooh. So think about a preach. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. So, I mean, 
think about the content content of a co-submission marriage, there is a high price to pay with that. Um, because mm-hmm. that means, gentlemen, uh, that it's not just about picking your underwear up off of the floor, but it also means dying to what you want so that you give Jesus what ultimately he wants, which is a beautiful family uh, that loves and values him and serves him. Ladies, it's also from your perspective about loving your husband when he doesn't get it right. And even though he might not be what he, what he, what you want him to be, you love him to the place you want him to be. Um, which is again, not original to me. That's correct. He always says that ladies, what you do is you look at your husband and he might not be the man you, he, that you want him to be today, but love him like he is. And you serve him like Mm. he is. And when you're doing that together, uh, that there, that's a high price. Like that costs you something. I mean, and and well, co-submission is ultimately being each other's biggest fans. Yep. Like that's, and in a culture right now, being somebody else's fan, isn't usually like a, a thing. Like you're usually loyal to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like self-truth. You do you. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I, I heard a guy yeah. this week. Um, we were uh, we were a group of our staff guys were going to lunch and he was just kind of talking about how back when he was in high school, like uh, the Instagram followers, like you would do these like bot followers. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so, I'm an old millennial. Dude, dude there are websites. There yeah. are websites that you can pay like 200 bucks and they will throw you 20,000 fake followers. Dude. And it, it, so no he'd joke. say, high school, he'd, he would think through that picture, post that picture. And then he had all those bot followers that would then like all those pictures. And he'd no, have that, like, that is how people grow their following now. Wait, he 100%. must be super young if this was around when yeah. he was in high school. Yeah. 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 He, he is. yeah. Literally, <laughs> okay. literally most of the people like, trust me, I've studied this. Most of the people who have like yeah. massive followings, um, yep. actually do that. They're in massive groups and yep. Instagram shuts them down once they see it, but they're in massive groups. Say, okay, cool. Like for a like, I'm about to post in five minutes. Everybody go there. And that's how it pushes things through the algorithm to people. And what's sad so, about that? So you're right. Yeah. It's, it's faux. It's all a veneer. It's yeah. veneer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, exactly. and that's not real. And so we see all of that. And so there's two sides to that. There's that fake veneer that it's really not as, as it seems. So that should give some of us a breath to go, oh, Okay, so my life might not be as bad as I think about it. Right. <laughs> not as bad as everybody else. Maybe it's not that bad. And I heard a, uh, I had a mentor years ago. He used to be on a nuclear submarine. He was a pastor eventually. Uh, he's a smart dude. Uh, a little shout out uh, to Todd. And he said that it's 90% of the time, it's not as bad as you think it is. So even when you're looking at all the perfectly positioned posts, 90% of the time, uh, you've got to realize you might think that might indict your marriage, but it, it might not. It's, it's not that bad. But then on the other side of that, you see those marriages where it is genuine. I think about the guns mm-hmm. um, and uh, some friends of ours, friends of some friends of ours in Oklahoma, and they've got a, fam- a family ministry. And when you see them, you're like, there's no way that it's really like that. And I pull back. Is it really like that? It's really like it's that. It's really like that. <laughs> but the point <laughs> is, is that um, is that Greg and Rhonda, right? It was mm-hmm. Greg and Rhonda. They paid the high price. So they made the sacrifices and they poured into their kids in, the in a certain way and they put in the work. And so we see the guns and then we see the, you know, Pinterest moms and or the Instagram moms that are perfectly th- that family and all that. You see that and you're like, OK, so some of that's not real. And so I got to stop judging myself off of that. That's a veneer there. And then you see the guns and you're like, oh, that is real. So in between, I've got to say, hey, there's a sacrifice to this submission piece in our yes. lives that. Uh, yeah, that- John, what? What do we say all the time about social media? 
You remember about, what we he said? said about the highlight reel? You mean? Yeah, but like literally, social media. What people always forget is that we only show you what we want you to see. Right, but but that's why we that's try it. really hard to show both because there was yes. a time where we would post. You know, we got our family pictures done, and people would come up to us in other places like, "Oh my gosh, you've just got the best family, the cutest family. I wish I had." I'm like. You guys are perfect, and like it made me feel like, yeah, we're icky. like oh, whoa, I'm no. like, no. So like we started getting, especially on our podcast, we just talk about everything. But we yeah. started getting really a lot more vulnerable, showing my messy house, showing when the kids are just acting like absolute animals, Barbarians. you know, talking about our issues, not in a air your laundry, dirty laundry out way, but no, in a, like but because we know it's relevant. People are going yeah. through it, and they and they don't need to be looking at some Instagram brushed up model and yep. look at that and say like, Oh, I'm not that. And that person is, and I can't do that. And then, you know, self doubt and all these ooh, but like you said, come upon ooh, them. But like he said, that just came to me. So a lot of us do, especially women who struggle with self image or men, whatever compare themselves to the people posting on there. So like you said, it's either some of it's not real because of airbrush and, and, you know, filters, but a lot of us aren't willing to do what it takes to the yes. work to get That's to what they're at. That's such point. a good point. Yeah. Gosh, that's Ugh, good stuff, not, guys. You guys are firing. Like, where are we going? <laughs> yeah. Learning. We're like, keep talking, guys. Just keep talking. Yeah, as just, you guys were talking, talking. It, you think of something that, like, it's especially like in the 2020 world that we're in, you know, um, there is like a massive, massive deficit of truth uh, in 2020. Like a massive deficit of truth. Preach. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't want to throw uh, categories out there to where I think there's a lack of truth because I think the listeners can apply that to where they see. Sure. Um, and uh, and I'm not trying to make waves on something else that is, you know, but what I am trying to say is I think that there are some massive deficit of truth and you see that perpetuated on our social feeds all the time. And I, I think that that's what I'm sensing as a pastor, uh, a... Um, is a a an appetite for actual truth um, and actual content, and I'm seeing it from uh, you know high school student, junior high. My kids are in junior high. Uh, my oldest are junior high, all the way to a guy that I met with yesterday that's 80 years old. Um, you know that like there is a massive deficiency of or uh, deficit of truth and. Um, if you pull up your social media feed and you see these other couples or you're, you know, you can have a tendency to fill that truth vacancy in our lives with a lot of just pithy junk that isn't actual truth. And the only thing that will sustain you in an uncertain and unprecedented time is the very truth of God's word. Jesus tells us in John 8 that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And where the truth of the Lord is, uh, there is actual freedom. And so uh, I see a lot of people in culture today and a lot of marriages that are bound, tied and destroyed uh, and weighed down and they don't need, you know, um, I'm not saying that there's a place for counseling and there's a place for all that, but they need the truth of God's word. Honestly, like you need to bring the truth of the word of God to that. Uh, and I, I think that's where the power comes from. And um, and if that whets your appetite, then you can tune in. To Sundays at Sunrise Church. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> you can edit that. You can totally no, edit. No, no, honestly, what I was going to say is I have felt 
So I, I struggle, I'm just open about this. I struggle with like anxiety and um, postpartum depression and stuff. And I can find myself when on days that I'm looking at my feed, feeling more and more upset with things that I don't believe are truth and just yeah. getting uh, more anxious and more just, uh, just not joyful. Um, yeah. And Sundays have been so important coming to your guys' church. It feels so normal. And I've been, yes. I told him the other day, I was like, I wish they had like a Wednesday service too, or something. Cause I can't wait every Sunday. Like I need like a midweek sense yeah. of normalcy and dose yes. of truth outside of, you know, of course we're doing our own stuff here at home, but like personally I'm an extrovert and I'm sick of being at home. And like, I really enjoy yeah, being people. with people and worshiping yeah. with people and stuff. So no, that was a good time to shout that out. Cause I was going to shout you out anyway. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was a little self-serving. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It, well, you know, here's, here's the way you look at something like that. It's like, if you feel like, if you feel like you have the answer to people's problems, mm-hmm. you want to shout it from the rooftops. Yeah. And it's hard because like you said, there's a deficit of truth. So like I get on my pedestal all the time about all these, all these different things. It's like, People are going through this, that, and the other. I'm in, I'm in tons of different groups on Facebook and stuff, and people post their problems and all this stuff. And you give people these practical solutions, and they're like, "Yeah, but I'm looking for a pill." I'm like, "Well, no, say, no, 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 no. Wait, say you want to help wait, wait. so bad, but it it, right. it attacks their own insecurities." Exactly. I feel like and that's how I think it is with Christianity for that's me exactly personally. When I was I was going through a dark time before I met Chris and stuff, and I mean, when somebody would try to talk to me about God, even though they were well intended with their, with their, cause they, like you guys said, they'll scream it from the rooftop. I yeah. know this can change your life. I was so insulted. So turned off. Cause it, it played off of my insecurities of what I think deep down I knew I was doing was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's the same that's with like in health and fitness. Chris yeah, knows like, a no, lot of answers wait, for stop people. Doing and, this, stop doing this and do this. But then because it's be, because it's not a mainstream thing, it's something that's being hidden. Like you said, I just think such a perfect, point it's you're right there is there's just such a lack of truth out there it's just incredible and then and then you try to give people truth or something and say look this works this works this works this this is gonna help and then people don't receive it or we have to be scared and like you said don't don't think for a second that it's self-serving for you to promote your church like you Mm -hmm. put in the work to 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 preach from god's word and and sit there and you told me your play is jesus and i'm like yeah. Dude, there's nothing self-serving about that. That is, you have the answer. Like, All within, right, correct. Within, I agree. Yeah. Come on. And that's why we have another couple coming to try soon. All right. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, man, I really appreciate that because, I mean, um, I just, I honestly, like, um, we, we've had this conversation lately, to be honest with you, about you just don't know what, what the people is sitting in your chairs or tuning in online uh, mm-hmm. are actually through and the truth of the matter is is that there's a lot of just junk out there that families and marriages and children and and so when I step up there or I have a conversation like this and know that there's a an audience that's going to hear this like I I in my mind I picture their faces like I don't know who these faces are going to be and I don't know who they are. I mean, I know Joey listens. So what's up, Joey? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, um, but I mean, I, I know some faces um, uh, and but I don't know a lot. And I just picture that if somebody's, you know, subscribing to a Grow Your Marriage podcast, like there's got to be. There, there. What th- that is step number one. If they've already hit subscribe to your podcast, then they know 
uh, like the ego is now gone. Like the pride is now gone to where it's like, okay, so I need somebody outside of my circumstances to help me. Um, and like I've said, my, like my trick play, and I think it's y'all's trick play too. Uh, you might not just say it the way I would say it, but is, man, if I can get somebody to see Jesus, uh, that he is the actual only answer. Um, and I know that there's a lot of nuances to that answer that Jesus is the answer. Um, yeah, but at the end, and you guys are fleshing that out in all your episodes. <laughs> That's what you're, we're fleshing out the nuances of Jesus being the only answer. Um, but at the end of the day, if we can get people to look at Jesus and see him, and Paul says the glory of God in the face of Christ, and when you can see him, uh, that, that actually changes everything. It absolutely changes everything. So, Amen. Dude, yes. Thank you. Just tied that in a bow right oh, there. <laughs> so perfect. So, so here's here's the last question we always like to ask. Yeah. It's, is there anything we did not talk about today from a co-submission perspective um, that that you would want to speak about before we wrap this up and say goodbye? Um, you want both of us to go? Can we both go? Yeah, of course. absolutely. Okay. So I would say, um, you want to tackle that one? You want me to tackle that one? Mm-hmm. I was going to tackle this one. Okay. Go okay. All right. <laughs> so um, let me, let me throw the caveat out that um, when you talk about this concept of co-submission, it's really all about bending, if you will, uh, and, def- and, and listening, bending and listening and talking. Um and one of the questions that uh, we that is super so Joy's going to tackle uh, a topic and I'm going to hit one and I'm going to try to be real quick um, that I think is important um, because I, I feel like God has hardwired me specifically to talk to some men today to uh, kind of put that on my heart um, that long especially the young younger listener you know the sub thirty category listener um, or I would say that long before God gave Adam a wife, he gave Adam a job. <laughs> and, uh, and he, and so I think there's this, especially in Christian circles. So if I can talk to that circle first, you know, yeah. in Christian circle, man, I, I want to be, I want to get married, get married, get married, get married, get married. We, we had a Christian university in Cincinnati. Uh, and then late last year it closed its doors, but we had a lot of college students at our, uh, you know, church and we, they always had this thing. We grew up here in this. You, yeah. yeah. Ring by spring. Was ring the by time. spring. Yeah. Ring by spring. Yes. Uh, that I, nobody had ever heard that at CCU until I got here and I said that. And like, you could see some of those girls go, yes, oh. there you no, go. but there was breath. They were like, oh, okay. So I can back off a little bit. I don't have to feel the pressure, but I, I want to just talk about co-submission is something that is not just about, um, about your spouse. Really, it is about submitting to the Lord and it's submitting to his leadership in your life. And so when God gave Adam a job, it's not like he said, yeah, but I want a wife. He said, no, I want you to name all these animals. I want you to work this ground. I want you to do this. And the the part that's frustrating is we don't get the gap between creation of all, you know, all the living things and then Adam. And then how long was Adam and the animals? Like, how long did that go down? And we know that it went down, didn't last really long because he started with like platypus and kangaroo and ended with dog and cat. Like, that's not (laughs) Like, I'm over. Yeah, I'm over. Let's get this thing done. Like, let's just get it done. Bird, cat, you know. Um, right. Yeah. So it didn't last long. We know it didn't last very long. Um, but um, but but then God gave him the gift, 
And uh, but what I think God was teaching Adam in that, and again, uh, I'm, for all the people, if they're Bible people, they know I'm kind of inferring, and that's what I'm doing. But I'm just inferring a little bit here that you have to know that it was in that time that God was doing something in Adam that taught him how to actually serve, how to actually serve, how to actually um, uh, be there for something other than himself. Um, and, and it was, wasn't until I think he was ready. Then when God was like, boom, there it is. Uh, mm-hmm. and so we're always maturing and growing into that. And you don't ever arrive, even though you get married. I mean, we got married young, um, and we, you don't ever arrive. You're constantly growing and maturing. Um, but I, I just want to free that young man up today, or even that couple who's like, oh, dang, we got married young. What do we do? Yeah. Well, what you do submit to Christ. And as you submit to Christ, you will be actually submitting to one another. You Dude, that is a beautiful word. Yes. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Joanne. Um, no, I was going to say, I might switch really quickly because I had a thought. <laughs> um, so the co-submission piece, we've been talking about all the ways that it's super healthy and all the ways that it can bring your marriage together. I do believe that in co-submitting, it can sometimes take an opposite slant to it. And the reason I'm saying that is because you brought up Adam and Eve. And I was just thinking about how, you know, Eve in that moment, um, Adam co-submitted. Genesis 3. Yes. Adam was in co-submission with Eve when she said, you too should eat the apple. And he's like, I'm down. Right. Yeah. And so they didn't take that before the Lord. They didn't say, okay, hold on. What did God tell us again? Wait, does that align with what he told us? No, he just gave in. best for us? He gave yeah. in to his hot wife at the end of the day. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah. Co-submission can be really it blinding have, yeah. at times, I think, if you aren't in tune with the Spirit and in tune with the Lord. And, oh, and that is, yes. Hearing his voice more, more loudly than your spouse. That's good. That's that's too good. All oh of this gosh. is just like I feel like we could probably do at least three more episodes with you guys. Definitely. Because I have so many more things I want to talk about. <laughs> yes, man. Oh, nobody's yeah. commuting right now to listen to this hour and a half podcast. I know. That's, that's the thing. Is like three days to listen to our show now, and we're like, oh crap. But yeah. yeah. It is what it is. No, guys, those are those are such good points though. I I love I love both sides of the coin there because you're right. It's so hard for me. It's like Sometimes if we get straight into like the Bible and spiritual talk and stuff, I'm afraid we're alienating people. I'm like, yeah, but oh, this is so deep for them, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like like we always come back to and God has pushed us to come back to time and time again. It has been like, look, you can co-submit practically all you want, all you want. But exactly what you said, Joy, is correct. It is literally, like I said in the middle of this episode, like nothing changed for me until I totally just like just got closer to God and I co-submitted with my wife and we started trusting God together. Well, yeah, I think that's, I think that so many times, so many of us, when we get married, I mean, we were fairly young ish when we got married, but you know, people told us like, yeah, put God in the middle of, make sure God's the center of your relationship. Make sure it's God. And then you two, the triangle, you know, we're like, Oh, so yeah. you don't know what that means. Okay. Okay. But that means. <laughs> like that. It took us a lot of time. Like, okay. To, pray at meals. Yeah. Like the first time we prayed together, him. we're like, no. this is so awkward. This is so uncomfortable. So it, yeah. I don't know. I think that if there is a young couple, a newly married couple, an engaged couple listening, like that's such a hard concept. But I think this is a this episode is I don't know. Everything you guys said is a perfect oh, that's great way to start that process of putting God at the center of your marriage. Yeah, I, I think our non-negotiable is we are not in co-submission with God. So our non-negotiable is we have to fully submit to Him and under, there you go. and under His authority. 
And in so doing, we will co-submit with our spouse. There you go. Come on, man. Are you a preacher? Jeez. Oh. I know. No, cool. I, I was, I was, I was going to ask that. Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, we don't co-submit to God because he's God and he's <laughs> sovereign and he knows everything. And so we, are, we defer to him every time in every area of our life. Uh, I think what maybe to take the sting out of the phrase co-submission, it's not less stingy, but I think it might be even more palatable is really just the concept of surrender. That's what it is, is it's really at the bare bones, all of it. Like if you're not a follower of Jesus, I would just say, don't co-submit. Like why? <laughs> uh, why? Like uh, until Jesus is at the center of it, uh, like, and well, then they might say, well, I'm hearing them now in my head. They're like, well, hopefully that doesn't seem healthy and right and good. Well, right, then right. you're now saying that there's a, a morality that's outside of your own heart. So then you're automatically saying, oh, wow, there's something I should surrender to that isn't me. And therein yes. lies, what I'm saying is, is that then we ought to surrender to Christ. And as we surrender to Christ, then we would co-submit in a more natural sense. Because obviously this fundamentally, as we introduced it, kicks back on all of our internal culture, our internal oh, yes. heart. Like, it kicks back on everything that is Western way of life. Like it just does. But the heart is deceiving, right? So just, yeah. just like you just said, like, Oh, follow your heart. Yeah. Follow your heart. Uh, I don't know, man. That's, that's a scary one, right? Because yeah. our heart is you know, innately selfish, right? We're just like, yeah. yeah, what's in it for me? What, you know, how, Yep. what's in it for me? Right. And so dude, you're right. Yeah. That's, if you follow your heart, you're going to land on the bachelor. I'm just saying. Right. And then we're going to watch the train wreck on TV. Yeah, we know how that goes. I know. Everybody's so upset. It's like, I thought he loved me. It's like, dude, he had like 20 other girlfriends and it was three weeks. I mean, like, how could you possibly, how could you possibly think that? Yeah. Aaron goes, you need to make sure you tell them that co-submission is that you watch football with me and I watch the bachelor with you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Look, Chris is talking a big game right now, but he told, we used to do oh, Monday yeah, night bachelor, bachelor nights. All the time. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a train wreck. It's a train wreck. You can't look, you can't look away. It is a train wreck. No, Aaron just makes fun of it the whole time. And I just die laughing at his commentary. It's, it's pretty best. fun. Yeah. We should it's, do a YouTube it's we should do a YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> Please let us be your guest because I am so there. Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is something I need to ask you. Where can people find you? Sunrise Church, if you're local. But if, if they want to follow you guys personally or the church or how can they find more if they really love Team Swenson? Okay. Well, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Not, well, she's on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm the OG millennial that's just on Facebook. Oh, I thought she was on MySpace. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm on MySpace. Uh, <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> uh, and no, the church is srchurch.cc. Um, we got an app in the App Store, wherever you get apps. Um, we've got that. Sunrise Church Cincinnati. Sunrise Church Cincinnati. Um, and then we're on Sunrise Church Cincinnati Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we stream our services live 10 a.m. and then we do a live stream on Sunday nights, Monday nights, and even we get some stuff from the archives uh, on Wednesday. Oh, right. Sweet. And then personally, like I said, I'm the OG guy. That's just Facebook. Um, and uh, I watched the social dilemma. I watched three minutes of it and got Facebook off of my. <laughs> fair it's hilarious that's fair anyway so i'm aaron swenson um is my handle joy what are you 
Joy Swenson. Joy. Swenson. <laughs> yeah. Joy. So original. Wow. And, uh, and on, on your Instagram, Sunrises Instagram, you guys have shared really cute pictures of our kids recently. Yeah, so you have. Awesome. Love it. I love it. S O N rise. Yes. S O N. No, not sunrise. Yeah, it's S O N. And I thought you were talking about me, Swenson. So you're good. We'll we'll link in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will we will link all of it. Yeah, guys, gosh, what a wealth of knowledge from from a couple who is 17 years into marriage and still admittedly like, look, we're still growing, we're still getting better, we're still we are, but at the end of it all, and you know, I don't know if we mentioned this on the show, but if you guys have seen our logo, we we have a a triangle. So that representative wise for us was God, Chris and Jana. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like on equal playing fields, me and her, yep. and then God at the top. And so it's just it's just so interesting how our show is continually pushing into like, hey, why'd you even make that logo, dude? Because initially when we started this, it was like personal growth, blah, 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 all these different things. And this stuff is great. These are tools that can be used, but again, it has to be, it really has to be under the confines of a relationship with God. And it's it's in your face, but hopefully people know, like, and trust us enough to explore it. True. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. True. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. And uh, we look forward to having you on again, hopefully, for sure. That'd be great. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. As usual, if this episode brought you value, please go ahead and share with somebody who maybe needs to hear this different perspective or whatever other gold you were able to pull from this episode. We say gold a lot, don't we? I mean, there's just a lot of gold. We just offer a lot of gold, I guess. I feel like today was platinum. Let's be real. Okay. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> platinum nuggets you can pull from this episode, go ahead and share it with somebody. Yeah. And if you guys want to support us in other ways, we are in a quest to grow our show right now. And so any way that you can review the show, just take take a couple of minutes, review the show, give it uh, whatever rating you think is appropriate, right? You like, know, I mean, we would love like a five star, five star, but we want you to be right? honest. Exactly. And then, uh, and then again, if you are, if you are reading blogs or anything like that, and you could, you know, drop our name, mention us. Hey, why not? Hey, why not? Why not? And then if that's a lot of work and you just want to go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash G-Y-G-Y-M, you can buy us a coffee or help us with production costs in that way. That's it, guys. Have a good one. Thanks so much.